I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault podcast. Hope you're doing great. I am doing amazing. I just got off an amazing Conquer call with a brand new Conquer group, which is so exciting. And I'm talking to all these business owners and we're just nerding out. And we talked about some things that I think were really, really useful to you. So I wanted to share on the podcast. So one of the uh, gentlemen in this particular group um, is really at a place where he's ready to break out, right? And even with all the the pandemic stuff happening, they're doing good because they're an exterior cleaning company. I know if you have a maid service or carpet cleaning or something where you're in people's homes, there's some other challenges, right? Right, especially right now, trying to to get work, and and so it's affecting different industries differently. Um, however, this is an exterior cleaning company, which is also massively affected, but they're still doing really good. But one of the struggles he's had, which probably a lot of you have as well, is really just been delegating the right way and not getting sucked into putting out fires all the time. So one of the common struggles, especially for businesses doing maybe between three hundred to $500,000, is that the owner, you winds up becoming a professional firefighter <laughs> rather than a CEO of your company. And it's this weird transition phase. It's almost like a preteen <laughs> or, or maybe it's the awkward teenage years or something. You know, it's one thing when you're uh, have a side hustle and maybe you start your company in that first journey, which is getting up to 100K in sales per year. And it's this amazing thing. You actually make really good money and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Maybe you have a full-time job and then you decide to go all in. So now you're at 100,000 level and you hire a helper, maybe a couple people to help you in the field with whatever you're doing. And then you're going back to war and you're, <clears throat> you're battling to get up to that, you know, three, 400,000 range. And that's when everything really starts to break again. One of the reasons that this happens is because your org chart is completely messed up. In fact, you 99% of people don't even have a documented org chart, and that's okay. But I want to kind of explain my philosophy on this and what I did in my company to get unstuck and how I've helped you know hundreds of other people do the same thing. And it has to do with just flipping the way that you view your business and your mindset and the way that you think about things. So one of the pieces of advice I give people is I tell them, specifically if they're in this stage where they have employees, like no one on their team is sabotaging their business, not intentionally, but everything is just on fire all the time. There's always an issue. There's always a mad customer. Their vehicle maintenance, equipment's breaking down. They're leaving ladders on the job site. Like they're not filling out their paperwork. And again, they're not doing it um, to undermine you. It's just... It's just messy. And you as the owner end up getting sucked in all the time to like figure it out, tighten it up. You're ended up, you know, changing the oil in your truck or fixing the equipment or dealing with angry customers. And it's it's just an indication that you're in the awkward preteen phase and we need to level up, right? So one of the pieces of advice I tell people is make all of your business decisions uh, as if you had no arms and no legs. <laughs> So think think about it. What if you had no arms and no legs? And this is a 
like I don't actually wish this on anybody. This would be so terrible, right? But what if you had to operate a profitable business and you're at that three, four, five hundred thousand dollar range or or whatever, um, and you had no arms and no legs? Like, how would that pivot your thinking and how you dealt with situations? Well, the fact is, is it would change everything. It would force you to change everything. And the big shift here is in the way that you look at the problems in your business because now you still have the same problems. You still have the the maintenance that's not being done or the paperwork or the whatever. But And you still have to solve that problem, but you're not allowed to solve it yourself anymore. And it's a huge mind shift because now you have to make money with your brain. You can't make money with your muscles. And so instead of holding together your company where you are the glue holding it together, using your muscles, using you know 80 hours a week of just sheer effort, which really burns people out, especially about halfway through the year. And actually, this guy was talking about burnout, uh, and it's understandable because it's really freaking hard, and there's 800 things happening all the time. Uh, Chris Lambertini's, who a lot of you know, he's been in the podcast, a friend of mine. I remember one time he told me that every human has two problems a week in their life, in their personal life. And so when you start to assemble a team of employees, those two problems now become your problem. <laughs> so if you have 10 employees, now you have your own life and household and your own personal issues, plus the business stuff, plus now you have 20 problems a week from your employees, like their kids are sick or they need a surgery or they get suspended from school or God knows whatever it is, they get a flat tire, like there's just stuff that happens. But what if you had to run your company and you had to pay your bills and you had to grow and survive, but you had no arms and no legs? Wouldn't you ask different questions? What if you were forced to delegate? What if you were forced to, to level up your the way that you communicate? You know, one of the biggest challenges for people is that they think they're good at communicating when almost nobody actually is good at communicating. Most people think they're good at it. Almost no one is. Isn't that interesting? Do you fall into that category? Do you think that you're this great communicator, but really you're not? The chances are yes. You probably think you're clearly communicating expectations, but you're probably not. You probably think that you don't micromanage, and you probably do. Uh, I, I remember one time we did a survey in my company we used to do these anonymous surveys to our employees. They were required once a month and the whole company had to fill it out and they were anonymous. They didn't have to put their name on who filled what out. I had one person in the company who was in charge of making sure every single one of the staff turned it in. That way I could just get actual anonymous feedback. Now, when I did this, I thought I was like the greatest you know, boss in the world and and I started reading the feedback and it was like really, really sobering and kind of like depressing and almost like maddening. Like it made me mad some of the things, but really it was due to my own lack of communication. So I oh, also, I heard that there was this book called, the title of this book, I did not read this book, but someone mentioned there's a book called, I said this, you heard that. I said this, you heard that. Just the title of the book tells me so much. And that is like the essence of all conflict in the world right there. You know, the biggest illusion with communication is that it has occurred. So let's say that the equipment's broken, the maintenance isn't getting done, the paperwork's not getting done. Whatever is happening that you don't want to happen, how can we use our mouth and our brain to fix it? How can we move our employees? How can we build a system, a structure? How can we set expectations in a new way? How do we delegate and hold accountable the systems that need to happen to solve these problems? Because all of these things, although they're normal, they're 100% fixable. Like you don't have to live in that chaos forever.
but you do have to go through it. You have to go through the fire to come out the other side. And it's never perfect, but it can be like light years better than what it is for a lot of you guys. And whether it's marketing or five rounds or I don't know, like I should have made a list, but you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you're thinking right now, nodding your head like, yep, yep. I'm always the one that puts out the fire. I'm always the one that has to hop in the field and go fix it. Or I'm the only one in my company that knows how to change the pump oil and a pressure cleaner or whatever that thing is for you. That's a problem. So that's my first point is remember that it's the way that you solve the problem that really where all the horsepower is, not just in solving the problem, but the way you solve the problem. And if you want to grow a business, you have to find a way to solve the problem without you touching it, right? You have to find a way to solve the problem without you personally touching it. Pretend you have no arms, no legs. You can only use your brain and your masterful, persuasive communication skills to make it happen. The other thing has to do with uh, an org chart. And I thought this would be so valuable for some of you. Um, this is a, something I used to teach in my company when I had my service company. And I would pull my company into our meeting room and they'd sit there. And I had a huge, like eight foot wide whiteboard, this giant whiteboard, and it was on rollers, and I'd roll it in there, and I would draw this gigantic triangle on the whiteboard. And what I did is I was essentially explain to people kind of what people really think a business owner is doing all day versus the reality of what a business owner is doing all day. One of the, the, the big issues with small business is the people on your team, they think, or, or you've seen those memes, right? Like on Facebook, where it says, like a nurse will say, you know, what what my friends think I do, what my parents think I do, what my husband thinks I do, what my kids think I do, what my friends think I do. It's kind of like that with your employees in your in in your business. They they have this idea, this subconscious idea that you are sitting in your hot tub riding around your jet ski, that you know the business is doing ten thousand a day in sales, and they think that you get to keep nine thousand of it. <laughs> They don't understand the economics of a business. They don't understand profit and loss. They don't understand any of that stuff. They don't understand the seasonality of the business. And But they need to understand it. So it's your job to communicate this to them. But I draw this big triangle and I put me at the top, say owner. And then at the bottom, I put all the technicians, right? So the field workers, the technicians, I say, listen, here, here's the reality. Here's where we're at. where we're at. My job is to widen the base of this triangle. My job is to create opportunity for all of the people that work at this company. And the only way I can create more opportunity for you is to widen the base. So imagine like a small triangle with me at the top and four employees at the bottom, let's say, for a small company. And then I draw a line like over to, like I go at the bottom of the triangle, that baseline, and I would extend it over like by triple. Then I'd go back up and make a way bigger triangle. And then I would circle the middle of the triangle. And there's all this white space. So you got the person at the top, you have all the people at the bottom. And so I'd, I'd start with a small triangle, widen it, go up, make a bigger triangle. Then I'd circle the middle. I say, my job is to create space in the middle, which is opportunity for you. Then I would explain, what does that mean? Why should a technician care? Well, I'll tell you why the technician should care. The only way you're going to get health insurance working here is if I can widen the base. The only way we're going to create middle management job positions, we're going to have, you know, territory managers and operations managers and all kinds of different things, you know, there's going to be opportunity to lead as the organization gets bigger. What does that mean? It means you get paid more money, you get paid, um, you know, other benefits. You get a company car, a company cell phone, like all the, the really good jobs are going to be in the middle. And their job is to help me widen the base so we create more space 
in the middle. And that really worked well. People resonated with that. The other thing I would do is I would draw an org chart. And none of your employees know what an organizational chart is, right? So you need to teach them. And you you, you map out like a, a real org chart um, for like maybe a, a $2 million company. And so you have like a CEO at the top. Then maybe there's a CFO or a finance division. Then you have a marketing division. And you have, you know, the delivery or the production or whatever. So you have like these five departments and then you have, you know, all the people underneath that. Then you have the assistants underneath those people. And it kind of cascades down like a waterfall with, you know, you got the, the owner and then you have like the CEO and then you have the five department heads and you have all these people and you help them understand like this is what an org chart does. And you explain what it's for. It helps people understand their lane. Like how do people stay in their lane? How, how do they become accountable for outcomes? Well, it's by clearly defining the expectations of particular lanes. And the org chart helps you visualize the different areas of operation inside your business. And then you draw what your org chart looks like next to the really good, sexy org chart. <laughs> and the way that you do this, or the way I did it, was I would draw it like a wheel, like a spoke, like or, or like a hub, and then spokes off of a wheel. So I would like circle in a little black dot, and then I would draw a line straight up, and straight out at 15 degrees, straight out at, you know, 45 degrees, straight out at whatever the degrees are, straight at night, like a, like a wheel, like spokes coming off a bicycle tire. And then I would put, okay, here's technician one, technician two, here's my office admin, here's my accountant, here's my, here's all these people that help the business operate. The problem is, though, is that we don't have an actual org, org chart, we have a, a spoked wheel. And then it helps them understand that when they call your cell phone and say, hey, the customer said that they saw a coupon on our website and it doesn't say in the work order that there's a coupon or or the customers thought that we're going to wash their sidewalk included and it doesn't say in the work order that we're doing that or whatever. Like we need to order equipment. Hey, you need to order assist. Like every little tiny issue that happens as you run your business, what's happening with small companies is most of the time, all that stuff is being ran through the center of the spoked wheel, which is you. It's going through your brain, through your your arms and legs. Your, you have to deal with all this low-level stuff. The way to get out of this is through communication, delegation, and sticking with it, creating systems, but really empowering your team to, to make decisions and giving them some guidelines and, and things like that. For example, you know they didn't need approval to do something that was right for the customer. You know, if it was like less than a certain amount of dollars, if it's if it's like a three, everybody does this different. But like, let's say they're going to make up up to a three hundred dollar decision, whether it was giving a free service or it was buying something at Home Depot so they can keep the day going without bugging me. Whatever needed to happen, you need to empower to a certain level, whatever is appropriate for you, your team to be adults and make adult decisions. And you're never going to build a big business if you don't work with adults that can make adult decisions. The other thing is, is when someone on your team makes a mistake, you need to like cheer them on for making the decision in the first place. Don't get hung up on, oh, you tried to fix the equipment and you made it worse. You need to have a freaking pizza party and celebrate the fact that they tried to fix the equipment. Like, high five, woo, like, way to go. You did something without tell, asking me to do it. Like, you made an adult decision. Way to go. And, uh, you know, in the future, here, here's what we do so we don't make it worse. Here's how we do this, right? Or, or they give away something to the customer for free. Instead of freaking out 
and being this micromanager, short-term thinking, control freak, you high-five them for making a decision and you coach them through on how to make the decision better next time or you build in additional guidelines. But your general attitude has to be very positive regarding uh, high-fives and like having a great attitude when people make decisions at all. Not when they make perfect decisions, but when they make decisions at all. Because I'll tell you the truth, you make tons of bad decisions. You make tons of them. The difference, though, is that there's no one standing above you to criticize all of them. No one is watching you all day, questioning you on how pro- pro- how your productivity is terrible, or questioning you know, why you didn't follow through on that thing you're supposed to do, or questioning you how you lost five grand on a terrible marketing idea, or whatever. Like, you don't have the accountability above you. And so you think that you're smarter than you are a lot of times. And I'm not like beating you up. Like I do this. Everybody does this because we're not being managed. We're entrepreneurs. We are unmanageable to begin with, (laughs) most of us. But think about that. I hope that gives you perspective. Uh, I think it's really valuable. And then lastly, I want to encourage you, if you're struggling right now, uh, to just, just play all in, right? You know, the other thing that came up on the call was... This concept of like, well, what do we do? You know, we have an interior cleaning business or we, we, or, you know, even if you don't, like a lot of this is mindset. Like a lot of people could be doing way better than they are, but they, they're scared. So they're, they're shrinking back and they're doing bad. But even if it's legitimate that it's just really freaking hard, there's so much stuff you can do to position yourself to get an ROI when things turn around for you. And I want to encourage you to play or don't play. Like, like use this time to go dig, go dig up new contacts, data mine, you know, uh, relationships that you need to have, like figure out, meet other business owners in your area, do Zoom calls, be a leader, like leaders lead, do things that a leader would do, lead, like network, figure it out, like play the game, market to your customers, market hard to them, you know, sell, don't be ashamed to sell. It doesn't matter if you get a hater, like none of that matters, go for it, or just use this time to be with your family and and do nothing. Like if you're going to sit back, then go ahead and sit back. And I don't think that that's wrong, but don't play in the middle or, or don't sort of do some stuff and then pretend like you're getting hit harder than you are because it's not true. And you're just kidding yourself. So I want to encourage you to tell the truth to yourself and to play big. If you need money, go sell. Go sell your stuff. You do a campaign to your your customer list. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to send you some hate mail or they're going to say, you evil person, how dare you try to pay your bills during a pandemic crisis? You are evil, right? <laughs> Which is so funny. And then I'll close with this. So I'm going to pull up an email uh, that I got. So a couple weeks ago, and you guys are not going to believe this, okay? So a couple weeks ago, my wife and I uh, launched a 10-day family challenge called the Branded Family Challenge. It's really amazing, lots of fun, and it's super, super great uh, for your family culture, right? So I'm promoting it. I'm on Facebook. I did a bunch of email sequences to the Send Gym list and do a bunch of lists, and we signed a bunch of people up, and we were doing this challenge. Well, what people don't realize is, you know, I get hate mail too. So like if you're if you're scared to market to your list, just do it anyway, right? Like what's the purpose of having a list? It doesn't mean that you try to profit on a crisis, but you have to grow. You have to expand. You have to sell. You have to serve people. You have to help people. And if you're in this fear mode because someone's going to send you a nasty email, 
don't do that. I think sometimes people forget that everybody that's making a dent, that's making any kind of noise, has people that are hateful and rude and, and miserable and whatever. I don't really talk about that a lot, but it's a thing. Like people think I'm terrible and <laughs> it makes me sad a little, I guess, but not really because it's the way of the world. If you're going to make noise, you're going to you're going to get pushback. So to encourage you, I'm going to read probably the most vile piece of hate mail I ever got in my life. It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, and again, this is promoting a 10-day family challenge. And the whole email was about, uh, I know we're living in crazy times, you know, but think of it like this. It's a perfect time to invest in your family, the relationship with your kids, with your wife. And, you know, so we're doing this 10-day branded family challenge. We're going to talk you, teach you how to communicate with your wife better and how to, like, do all this epic stuff, like amazing stuff. It's a $19 challenge. And that's what the email was talking about. It was, it was a pitch for the challenge. And the person responded back with this, okay? <laughs> Dude, kill yourself. Don't effing think about money at a time like this. You should just kill yourself. P.S. I'll be sending this email out to the, the Better Business Bureau every single day. I'll be writing blogs and I'll, I'll call send Jim and how you use a effing pandemic to your own profit. You effing demon. I'll be posting tonight starting with reviews on the type of monster that you are. Then he says another expletive. And then he says, uh, you just watch me single-handedly ruin your whack, money-hungry, soulless business. F you. I mean, in a way, I almost want to like slow clap for the creativity of the way that he worded all that. It was, it was pretty powerful. <laughs> pretty powerful stuff. And uh, anyway, so why do I say that? People are scared, right? But life has to go on. And you need to market. And you need to remember that it's your moral obligation to sell your stuff to the people in your market. Why? Because sales is good. Sales serves people. When I, quote unquote, annoyed people with our family challenge, <clears throat> that's part of the story. But you know what the rest of the story is? It's the husbands and wives who got reconnected and, and actually communicated on things. It's the fathers who spent time with their kids in a structured, systemized way and were able to have really impactful conversations. It's the family dynamics that were improved. It's the people that send us videos of them crying, saying, thank you. Thank you. And whether you clean carpets or wash houses, what you do matters a lot more than you think. And you forget how big of a deal it is and how emotional it is for people to have their carpets clean. And yes, I'm not being cheesy. It literally, there's emotion. It feels good to have things clean. You're serving people. You're helping people. And it's your moral obligation to serve and help as many people as you possibly can. Are you going to make money while you do it? Yes. That's the universe's way of rewarding value creation. Mike Dalkey, who's a good friend, been on the podcast, he calls dollars certificates of good deeds. <laughs> So remember, like you need if you're not getting certificates of good deeds, it's not just because the coronavirus is holding people back. It's because you're not producing any value right now. You need to find a way to produce value. So that's it. I hope this was awesome to you. Just a quick reminder, uh, make sure you join the, the Growth Vault Facebook group. 
Uh, it's a really, really great group. It's totally free. You can just go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. We're actually going to be starting to do uh, some extra things in there. We're going to do some coaching and teaching sessions every week for free in there. We're getting some of that organized right now. And really, there's just a lot of smart people. A lot of you that listen to this, you you have so much to share it's a great way to connect, to ask questions. And we have like a, a no tolerance policy on people being jerks and being negative and stuff like that. So if you're going to tear people down, uh, you're going to get kicked out of the group in two seconds. This is a positive place for people that want to live a bigger, better, more epic life. They want to grow their business. They need the tactical stuff. They want to ask questions and system questions to each other. That's the place where this is happening. There's not another group like it. It's from all different types of service industries. It's pretty awesome. I'm really proud of it. I'd love for you to join it. Um, and, and that's it. Uh, let me know what you're thinking about the podcast. You know, I'd love to get some feedback on the rebrand and the new name. Also, when I switched uh, the name of the podcast, unfortunately, uh, I lost all of the reviews that we had for the Quick Talk podcast, which is what this podcast was called before. And that was kind of a bummer because that helps people find it, you know, in the iTunes algorithm. So if you have a few minutes and you could leave a, a five-star review and let me know what you think about the podcast or how it's helped you over the years, that would mean a lot to me. We were we had almost about 300 reviews when, it, when we lost it. So, and then it went down to zero. So <laughs> let's rebuild. Let's get to 500 reviews. But um, I know it takes a few minutes to do it. But if you have a couple, it would mean a lot. I read every single one of them. I appreciate all of you. Take care. God bless. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Vault. Oh, 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 oh,